Good morning, good morning. It is great to be together and continuing in our sermon series where we have been looking at opportunities to encounter God in everything. Uh, and this morning, we're encountering God in being lost. <laughs> and perhaps you're thinking is maybe a bit of a stretch uh, to call this a spiritual practice. Um, be before you toss the idea out, though, uh, I'd like to, to invite you to think about a time that, that maybe you were lost. And, and now think about how quickly it brought you to your knees seeking God. You know, maybe it was a, t a time for you that you were uh, literally lost, like physically turned around. I know for me, I have been lost in all kinds of ways in my life. I remember once getting lost uh, on the way to a meeting downtown using the underground tunneling system uh, in Toronto. I remember the first time I took a, a road trip when I was younger with my girlfriends and getting lost coming back from Florida. I mean, I, I get lost in a corn maze, and lost, lost isn't fun. It, it feels like, like danger, like, like, like panic. It can, it can set in there. There can be fear. Right? Your, your mind starts to work over time, and then all the blood that's in your body, it starts to move to your heart, and then your hands and your feet start to get all tingly, and, and you can you start sweating, and your heart is pounding. I mean, sometimes too, we can, we can find ourselves lost and still know exactly where we are. You know, in our lives, we can end up lost in different ways. We can start out married and end up divorced. We can start out with a very successful career and end up fired. We can start out with loads of money and end up broke. You know, we think we're headed one way, and then we end up, end up somewhere altogether different. And, and this leaves us feeling bewildered and confused and sometimes even a little heartbroken. Something very real happens, though, when we are lost. Right? There's, it's something that happens um, that doesn't happen in the, the safety of the known there's a, a vulnerability in that moment when, when all of those carefully maintained plans that we have designed give away. We can feel helpless. When our roadmap, our plan, our, our way is, is no longer clear, it feels exposed and it can feel powerless. But there is, there is something holy about a place where we can experience how human we are and how mighty God is. And I, I have known seasons of being lost, that, that feeling of not knowing where you are, not being able to see ahead, not knowing will this end. Have you, have you ever felt lost like this? Because these spaces, they can be the the birthplace of true intimacy with God. They can be spaces where, where we know how to seek God, find him, and mean it. We can embrace being lost 
as a, an opportunity for deep encounter. You know, I'll, I'll, quite frankly, I, I'm not sure that we would all sign up for this practice all that often. You know, moving from our, our known and predictable place into this unknown and unpredictable place. It, it usually means levels of discomfort and inconvenience and often distress. It means we're no longer operating on autopilot. You know, once, once we leave that, that known path of our life, we're, we're making agreement to operate with a greater sense of awareness. And most of us take the same ho- uh, way home from work, and it's the quickest, and we know it, and we know what to expect. But uh, she shared this story with me recently about a hiking trip that she took in Hawaii. And she said that, you know, she was on this trail and she's walking along and she said, to some extent, I was a bit on autopilot. And she discovered that she had accidentally left that trail that had been marked. And it ended with four Honolulu Fire Department units being dispatched, 11 responders coming together, and she was airlifted off of that mountain. And when we deviate from our common expected route, it it will require us to think differently, to to be aware. Being lost gives us capacity to a greater attentiveness to see ourselves as we really are, to see other people for who they really are, and, and importantly, how near God can be when we have lost our way. And getting lost in, in low-risk ways or, or developing a, a mindset that, that chooses opportunities in our life to go outside of a familiar territory helps us to, to, to know and to grow uh, for those times where we will be lost in significant ways. Like when we're knocked way off course and we're, we're stuck on the side of a mountain or we're inside of an MRI unit with a bad medical diagnosis or in a lawyer's office working out a bankruptcy claim, or at a funeral home celebrating the life of somebody that we love. There are things that we discover when we're lost that that we would never discover if we stay on that predictable path. And God's word has heaps of stories that show us that this is true, like Abraham and Sarah. Had they stayed home in, in Ur, what would their lives have looked like? Instead, they said yes. And, and they consented to stepping forward in this unknown way into this unknown outcome. And God did these amazing miracles. Or the story of God's people uh, that he freed from slavery in Egypt and how he guided them himself, a pillar of cloud, a pillar of, of fire, and how he journeyed with them and provided for them in the wilderness for over 40 years. Or there's a story of God's prophet Elijah who got lost while, while fleeing the wrath of Queen Jezebel. And, and Elijah powerfully encounters God as he steps out from hiding in the back of that dark cave. Or there's the stories of God's people who experience being culturally lost in, in Babylon. And they spent years and years in exile. Or Jesus himself consenting to 40 days in the wilderness. Or Paul in the story that I want to talk about today, when he was a prisoner of Rome, and he was aboard a ship uh, that was to take him to trial, but on the way there, their, their ship ran into a terrible storm, and they found it impossible to stay on course. 
and there were things that were discovered out there, encounters with God, that they would not have experienced had that ship stayed on course to Rome. You know, the story is found at the end of Acts, starting at Acts 27. We learn about the Roman soldiers and the ship's crew and uh, the prisoners, including Paul, and they're heading off to Italy, only to make slow progress. The weather had turned. And so Paul warns them uh, about the impending danger if they were to continue their journey. But the captain of the ship thought differently, and they continued off to Rome. But now a terrible storm has come upon them. And that wind that came up drove that ship out. And neither sun nor stars uh, could be seen for many, many days as that storm raged. And, and their ship was badly damaged and they were dumping cargo and heavy equipment overboard to, to lighten that ship. But the, the wind and the waves can continue to clobber them. And they had done all that they could do. And they were stranded out at sea in the middle of this terrible storm. And they had given up hope of being saved. And Paul stands up and he says to them, I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and to whom I serve stood beside me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. And God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. And the men listened to Paul as he assured them that their lives would be saved. And while that ship may run aground near that island, they will not be harmed. Their lives will be saved. And the story continues. And now it's been over two weeks in this storm and they're being driven across the Adriatic Sea. And late one night, some of the sailors sensed that they might be approaching land, so they check, and it's true. And so for fear that they would be crushed against those rocks that night, they dropped these four anchors and they prayed for daylight. And with this news, some of the, the sailors started to freak out and, and they tried to jump ship. They pretended that they were also gonna lower some, some anchors, but they were letting down the lifeboat. And Paul saw through it, and, and so he went to the Romans, and he said, if they don't stay with the ship, we're all going down. So the soldiers cut those lines, and they let the lifeboat drift away. And, and with dawn about to break, Paul called everyone together again, and he suggested breakfast. They had gone without food for weeks and weeks at this point, and they needed strength for the rescue that was ahead of them. So Paul gives thanks, and he broke bread, and all 276 of them on board ate. And after which they lightened that ship again, they dumped all the grain overboard, and at daybreak, they hit a reef. And that ship began to break up, and those who could swim, they swam to shore, and those who could not, they grabbed a plank, and they made their way to shore, and everyone, everyone made it safely. And everyone knew that, that what God had said to Paul was true. They were all accounted for on that beach in Malta. And when I look at this story, I think of how much of it really illustrates some of those experiences and feelings that we can have when we are lost. 
like that storm rising up out of nowhere, being lost in our lives, is, is most often a decision that's made for us. You know, something that, that we don't have any control over. And, and this can really, it throws us off and we can feel frightened and we can feel threatened. Or like on that boat, when there was no light from above, you couldn't see the, the stars or the sun. Being lost feels like, like serious uncertainty and uneasiness. We don't know what will happen next. Will we make it? And time can press on, just like on that ship, those hard nights stretching into another dark day, and it's ambiguous in those seasons for us and exhausting. And like the psalmist says, we cry out, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? And just like those sailors had this plan, their journey mapped out for them, so we too can have expectations about how our lives will go. And then we too can find ourselves in the the middle of a storm stuck in the dark and, and we are halted and interrupted and cut short. And then moving forward, we're forced to move more, more cautiously. And questions and, and doubt and fear all starts to, to bubble up and, and we cry, come close, God. Get me out of here. Rescue me from this death trap. I'm, I'm broken, reduced to nothing. And it can be easy to understand how they wanted off that ship and into that lifeboat far from those circumstances that, that they were in. When, when we can be faced with threatening circumstances, we can resist. We can fight against where we find ourselves. We, we plead with God, turn, turn me around. Let me look at life in the face. I've been at the bottom. Bring me up. We don't want to be there. Just, just think about all those ways that we try to avoid being physically lost, like the, the compasses that we have on our phone or the satellite location services in our car or air tags that we put on our personal items. We do everything to ward off being lost. And like those sailors trying to minimize the possible damage by throwing their cargo overboard, we too sometimes in seasons of being lost try everything possible. We throw everything we can at it to, to reduce any <laughs> further impact to our lives. But, but the truth is we are actually in more danger when we think we know what to do or, or where to go. God said to them, if they wanted to live, they needed to stay on that ship. Stay. Stay in that very place that, that frightens us. That place that feels like we are way over our head. To consent to being present where we find ourselves and, and cut the lines of that lifeboat, so to speak. You know, we, we are invited to surrender to God even when it seems like life is out of control and frightening and we can't see our way and we don't know if we'll make it. We choose God's way over our way. And, and we start tossing our things overboard like our will or our interest or our self-confidence or our plans. We choose lost. We agree with our desperate need and we surrender to him. And, and then and only then are we vulnerable enough for, for God to lead. Our safety is in our, our need and our desperation is what actually keeps us secure in God. 
When God takes the lead, when he marches out into the wild, we go from, from rags to riches. Like here in this story, God promised to Paul and his, his traveling companions on that boat that he, would keep them all, that he would keep them safe all the way. And that's what God does for us. In him is life and freedom and deliverance if we trust in him and believe him. And, and just like Paul and that crew on that ship, we, we can experience this too. So I was thinking about it in the, the same way that that captain dropped those four anchors to, to keep them through the night. I, I believe we too have anchors that, that keep us safe while we journey through life's storms in the dark. You know, God's goodness abounds to us when, when we're lost. And so as, as four anchors were, were dropped, I'd like to look at four ways that, that God holds us steady when we find ourselves in unfamiliar territory and find ourselves waiting for the fulfillment of his promises to us in our life. Four ways that, that we can encounter him when we're lost. And the first anchor is the presence of God. When we're lost, we can encounter God's presence. You know, just as that angel appeared to Paul to bring God's promise, God is always close to us. From the beginning, God walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. He was present with the Israelites, with the judges, with the prophets. He, he came to earth, Jesus, God with us. And when he was no longer physically present, he gave to us his Holy Spirit within us. He doesn't leave us, but is with us forever. We can enjoy an, an abiding sense of, of God's presence, feeling him anywhere, anytime. All we have to do is, is turn our attention to him. To experience the presence of God, all we have to do is turn our attention to him. And we continue to trust in the, the nearness of God because even in those times that it, it feels like there's an absence of, of any sense of God, he reaches out to us and comforts us. Like God evidenced himself personally when he, when he sent that angel to Paul and, and gave to Paul his assurance. God can show up like that for us personally too. And, and maybe we've experienced it. You know, maybe, maybe God would send an angel, but maybe through uh, dreams and visions too. Maybe through scripture, God's presence would be known to us. He can speak to us, give us a word, a verse, a picture. And as well, that like that crew experienced God through Paul, we also can encounter God, experience his presence through people, through community, even in the unusual kindness of strangers. When I was um, in my early 20s, my, my girlfriend and I went to New York for, for the weekend. We had um, tickets to this really cool event that was there and uh, you know we were coming back to our hotel in Lower Manhattan. The venue was out on Randall's Island and we were on the bus and we don't know where the bus went and we got turned around and you know, we got, we got off and we're wandering sort of up and down the streets and it's the middle of the night and we're trying to figure out where to go. And this small group of people approach us and ask if we needed help. Were we, were we lost, they said. 
and they found us his taxi and they immediately put us in this cab and they said, it's not safe for you girls to be wandering around Harlem at this time. And thank God for how he showed up that night in the kindness of strangers. And and to have concern for the stranger, this is really important to God. He says it over and over and over again in the Bible. God invites us to this. He says it to the Israelites. He says, "You, you know what it was like. You were strangers in the land of Egypt. You were exploited. You were oppressed. So don't take advantage. Don't degrade others. It's, it's from this position of empathy and understanding that God invites us to care and to protect the, the weak and the vulnerable, just like he cares for others. And that's what we see here. Paul is showing up like this. He's sharing God to that crew. People extend God's presence. And when we're lost, we aren't alone. Even if we think we are, he is with us. He never leaves us. He's, he's always reaching out to us to assure us of his closeness to us. The, the first anchor is the presence of God, comforting us and, and keeping us when we're lost. You know, we, when we're lost, we can in, encounter God's presence. The second anchor that keeps us is the power of God. When, when we're lost, we can encounter God's power. You know, that angel said to Paul, don't be afraid. And it's a reminder to him that courage for every circumstance is drawn up from God. Whatever we face, we can take heart because it's in God's power. It's not in our abilities. It's not because of us or anything that we can do. It's because of Christ and who he is. All power, all might is in him. It was by his miraculous power that all who were on that ship were saved. Every single person arrived to that island alive, despite the utter destruction of that boat, despite those razor-sharp rocks, despite that violent wind, despite that drenching rain. He is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. He created all things and, and upholds the universe by the word of his power. He is head of all things, which means that he has authority and an active rule over everything. History and humans and demonic powers and disease and governments and galaxies over nature. Everything that is on the earth or under the sea or up in the skies or deep underground. He is mighty, mightier than, than sin, stronger than anything visible or invisible. His victories are countless. Our God can do anything, far more than anything that we could ever guess or request in our wildest dreams. You know, and, and, and some situations that we face, you know, it's, it's only going to be by his loving grace and power. How we depend on him, his, his love for us, his power to save us. I remember a number of years ago, our family took a vacation on the Disney cruise, and they have this night where there's this massive pirate party where it's on the main deck, and it seems like there's like thousands of people, and they're dancing and singing, and they're having a great time, and we're in this huge crowd, and then suddenly separated from Harry. Harry's our youngest son, and at the time, he was probably six or seven, and I freak. I am 
utterly panicked and I'm searching everywhere that we could. And, and my mind is racing with every horrible scenario that a mother can think of in a situation like this. And I remember hitting the deck and praying, God, have mercy on me. And there was Harry right in front of me dancing. And, and when you think of those miracles, all that power to us in these amazing situations, really, what this is, this is about his love for us. We cry out, love us, God, with all that you've got. Your great love is what we're depending on. His eye is on us. Those, those who are looking for his love and then nothing can stop him. He, he goes before us. He levels mountains. He breaks down gates. He says, I have come to seek and save the lost. And he promises that, that those who have been given to him, he will not lose one. He brings us back, his sons from afar, his daughters from the ends of the earth. There's nowhere that we can go that is not in his sight. If we find ourselves lost in those times of great vulnerability, when we experience our limitations, here, here is when we can truly experience Christ's mighty power. When, when God's strength moves in on our weakness, the stronger we actually are. And then to him all praise and honor and glory forever and ever. We can do all things. We can face all things. We can endure all things through him who strengthens us and moves in power for us. The second anchor is the power of God, saving us, strengthening us, making a way for us. When we are lost, we can encounter God's power. The third anchor that keeps us is the, the purpose of God. When we're lost, we can encounter God's purpose. You know, Paul encountered God's purpose. The, the angel told Paul that he would stand trial before Caesar. And, and by this statement, Paul knew that he would make it to Rome. Believing God and then trusting his plans and his purpose for us, it holds us steady in uncertain places. God had a purpose for Paul's life, and he has a purpose for each of us. And God will fulfill his purpose his desire for us has always been and will continue to be good. His will is always perfect. So when we trust our lives to God, believing him at his word and, and hearing his instruction to us, his counsel and, and listening for his voice in everything that we do, everywhere we go, he is the one who will keep us on track. And absolutely nothing can, can get between us and God's loving purpose for us. And, and it's because of this that we can, that we can endure these lost seasons. It's, it's this tension that we operate in of the uncertainty and yet confidence. Right? Knowing that, that what he started, he will complete. He, what he determines will come to pass. What he, what he speaks, nothing returns empty or void with God. God gave me um, Jeremiah 29, 11 early on. And I, I know it's a verse that can often get misused and taken out of context. And it, it, to me, it's very special. 
And a number of years ago, God used it powerfully over me to strengthen me at a very significant time. I, I remember I was walking through a very difficult season in my life and I was, I was having it out with God and I was mad. I had plans, but I had gotten sick and my plans were hijacked. And I remember lamenting to God about his very poor design in, in my life. And, and to which he, he interrupted me rightfully so. And he asked me, he said, recite the verse that I gave you. And so I said, I know the plans I have for you, declared the Lord plans to prosper you and not harm you. I know this, God. And he said, no, recite the whole verse. And so I said, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And as those words hit my mouth, I, I, I realized the, the full force of his loving intention for his people and for me. You know, he would not abandon me in this or, or anything else that I might face. His, his plans for me give give me a future, whether, whether here on earth or, or with him in heaven, this, this was not the end. And in that moment, he immediately restored my soul to hope. And, and my heart was held steady in, in confidence in him. God's plans for us cannot be circumvented. It will happen exactly as he plans. You know, Following his blueprints, it, it takes shape. If God has planned it, no one could cancel his plans. This is the, the third anchor that keeps us when we're wandering lost. He, he has a purpose. He makes good on his word. That third anchor that's holding us in, our, in that storm is the purpose of God who is faithful and unchanging and never fails. You know, when we're lost, we can encounter God and his purpose. So when, when we're lost, that fourth anchor that keeps us is the peace of God. We can encounter God's peace when we find our, ourselves in an unfamiliar place. And when Paul was speaking to the ship's crew, he shares his unwavering confidence in the, the very faithfulness he has in God. It's, it's firm. He, he says it with, with calmness. Paul speaks with a steady peace in the middle of the most difficult circumstances. He said to them, Acts 27, 25, keep up your courage, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. God kept Paul in, in this perfect peace because Paul trusted in him. And, and we can know this same peace, peace that, that comes from and is guarded by God, even in the most desperate of times with, with Jesus at the center. He displaces worry that might be at the center. He brings his, his peace to rule our hearts instead. And, and it's our faith that, that unlocks peace. Right? The more solid, the more stable, the more unfailing we trust God to be, the, the more secure, the more at rest we become. All things are possible for us when we believe, Jesus said, including the, the unexplainable peace of God. Peace that only Christ gives. It's, it's supernatural and it's divine and it is unshakable. And it's not something that the world understands 
fear can grip so much of the world, but with, with Jesus, fear does not have the same hold on us. The peace that God gives is not circumstantially beast. God's peace isn't about the absence of trouble. It's about having his peace despite the trouble. The peace that Christ brings to us is not subject to, to what happens. It's not dependent on our, our feelings or our decisions or the situation that we find ourselves in. You know, God's, God's peace is possible because of his divine plan and, and, and promise. It is from our unfailing God who secures us to himself and will do everything for our good. His peace within us is, is the very product of an unchanging divine relationship that is unbreakable and established by, by Christ. It is always available. It has no limit to it. The, the Holy Spirit within us is ready to pour it out for us and, and we can experience this peace, the peace of Christ in every situation. And, and we can bring this peace into every situation. God's peace that, that he gives us is a peace that, that not only affects our hearts, but also our environments. And it, it overrules it, right? The, it was the way that Paul brought comfort and assurance and security to others by his confidence in Christ, despite this upcoming shipwreck. And we too can, can witness the very supernatural peace of Jesus in, in all things and in all places to all people. Christ's peace is for us. Christ's peace is through us. So we can rest our hearts on his, his promises and his faithfulness and then stand, stand fearless at the edge and courageous in a, in a sea storm by faith, we can stand strong before the rush and the, the roar of, of the ocean. Through, through him, he keeps us and he guards us and he infuses us with an inner strength and a confident peace by the power of his Holy Spirit. And this is a peace that then the world will see through us, the very Prince of Peace, Christ be glorified. What's the fourth anchor that keeps us when we're lost? It's the peace of God. He's comforting us and he's holding us and he's strengthening us. And, and we have opportunity to encounter this God's peace when we are lost. You know, and, and while that captain believed that, that maybe those four anchors that he dropped that night kept them through the, through the storm until daybreak, you know, we know that it was only God. He alone holds us and, and gets us through. And, and even when we're lost, we have opportunity to know him and experience him, his presence, his power, his purpose, his peace. And, and I'd like to say this, while, while displacement is difficult and I don't wish us any harm, it is my hope for us that we will journey off of familiar paths while we wait for, for dawn to break there, for God to fulfill his promise to us in those, those lost spaces. I hope that we do experience God, that we would know how close he is, 
that we would experience this extraordinary kindness from, from strangers. You know, it's my hope that we see miracles in our lives, signs and wonders and extraordinary power that we cannot explain. You know, I hope that, that we will understand wherever we might find ourselves that, that we have a story and our story is part of this great and grand and beautiful story of God's redemption for all of humanity. And for times that we're off track and on tumultuous ground, I pray that the author and perfecter of our faith, Jesus Christ, that he would increase our trust in him and in turn keep us in perfect peace. My hope for us is that, that when we journey off of these familiar paths, we'll, we'll find ourselves embracing opportunities to, to get a little lost now and then. You know, consenting to, to journey there where we can encounter God, where we can be strengthened and, and transformed by him and, and, and find new things that, that we never would have discovered if we had stayed on our course. And I, I pray that the, the treasure that God brings us in those wild places you know, may it far outweigh any, any benefit that we may have gained from those plans that, that we designed for ourselves. I pray that we continue to encounter God everywhere in everything, even when we're lost. Let's pray.